the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Good morning. This is Allison. It's so excited to have you joining us this morning. Today's show is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. One thing is for sure, if you are living, if you are doing anything in this life, you are going to experience not only ups, but also downs. And today's show is all about overcoming those emotional obstacles. Uh, something I often say is that emotions are like waves. We really can't stop them from coming, but we can choose which ones to ride. So how do you take control of your own life? How do you process through those negative emotions uh, so you can ride the waves of good emotions that come into your life and have a happy and successful life despite the emotional traumas? Uh, today's guest, uh, guest number one, is Anadel Lemon. Now, Anadel is not only a friend of mine, but also has been a client of mine, and she is considered the freedom warrior. And I have watched her touch many lives by sharing her story of how she's overcome some of her emotional blocks in her life, and she is now working with clients and people all over to help them become more successful by processing through their emotions. So, Annadelle, welcome today to Spotlight. How are you? I'm good, Allison. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Now, Annadelle, if you saw her picture on the advertisement, I mean, this lady is amazing. She's spunky. She's got this purple hair. She's ready to go um, and definitely uh, considered a warrior. I mean, you've seen her picture with the sword. So, Annadelle, um, I would, would just like for you to tell people a little bit about what you're doing now and uh, how you're helping people and why. Okay. Well, thank you. So what I do is I help people through negative emotional trauma so that they can clearly see their potential and step into their greatness. We all have had traumas in our lives and emotional ups and downs, like you said, and I help people through those because of the things that I've dealt with in my life. I teach people the steps that I took to get through some very difficult times when I was a child and throughout my life as as other things have come up. I'm able to um, learn from those, and I really look for all of the lessons in the traumas that I have so that I can pass those on to other people and, and help them to get through their, their difficulties as well. Great. Now, if, if you guys were to see Annadelle right now, um, you know, she always seems happy, uh, just this ray of sunshine. Now, I know you don't always feel that way, though, Annadelle, do you? <laughs> No, but but like you said, which which emotions are you going to ride? And we can't all be up all the time. And no, I'm not up all the time. I coach people to, to try their best and look at the bright side and find those times when they can look for lessons, but we all can't be up all the time. Otherwise, we wouldn't know how awesome it would be to be up if we were up all the time, right? 
Yeah, and I like how you pointed that out. And, you know, um, something, and I, I hope you're okay with me sharing this, and I, I, you know, we've discussed a little bit, but, you know, you've, you've had some trauma as a child, and you even recently um, had a big loss in your life. And um, as, as I spoke with you about that today in preparation for the show, I was really touched by some of the things that you had to share about that. Do you mind sharing with everybody uh, your most recent loss? Um, yes, on May 15th, my daughter had her first baby, my first grandbaby, and we lost him shortly after birth. Um, very unexpected. Some things were, were, were not right in the delivery, but we, we weren't even planning. We weren't expecting anything to be wrong with him. He was healthy the whole time. My daughter was an amazing mama from the beginning, taking care of herself and making sure that he was, um, he was safe and protected, and some things just happened to where we lost him. He lived six hours, and that was just on May 15th. So I can only imagine. Now, was this your first grandchild? Yes, my first grandchild, uh-huh. Yeah, I can only imagine that the excitement and joy followed by that intense pain. So uh, in something that I told you today, and I'm going to tell our listeners, too, when I am deciding who gets to be on the radio show, you know, I wrote the book Soul Intuition, and I like to use my intuition when I'm choosing my guests, and it's amazing because I have a roster of about 200 people to choose from, and Annadelle's name just kept sticking out in my mind over and over and over again, Listen to that intuition, that gut feeling that you needed to be on our show today, so... If you're listening to this, I want you to see if what Annadelle has to say resonates with you because I know that there's a reason she's supposed to be on the show. So, Annadelle, after having such a horrendous tragedy in your life, uh, what did you do to deal with those emotions, with that pain? I mean, we're we're talking about just two short months ago. Right. And, you know, it's it's not over. We're still dealing with it, and we are still feeling that loss greatly. Um... But there are a few things that that I came up with, and as we talked earlier, Allison, um, I journal some of these things, and and perhaps this is why you got the intuition, is that I journal these things this morning, actually, and um, I just really felt like, and I couldn't sleep for three nights, and I finally got up and this morning went to the gym and came back and started to journal, and these are the these are what I I I've deemed the four steps to pulling out of the devastation of fresh grief and trauma. Um, so hold on, say that again. Been, the four steps of what? The four steps to pulling out of the devastation of fresh grief and trauma. Okay, so for the I love that. Thank you so much. Okay, so because um, a lot if you're of times when we think down, of trauma, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just saying, if you're listening, write these down because Annadelle is somebody who I've seen do this over and over in her life. Again, she's had a lot of grief, had a lot of trauma. Um, maybe we'll get into your childhood story in a little bit, um, but definitely want to write these steps down because she knows what she's talking about. So go ahead, Annadelle. I'd love to hear these four steps. All right. Um, before I get into number one, I just wanted to briefly say is that as as I have developed my, my programs and and thought about the things that I went through as, um, you know, in my childhood, I didn't quite get the freshness because it had happened so long ago. So this is fresh, and so that's the one word I want to point out, the fresh grief and trauma, because it, it, the freshness makes it so difficult at times to be able to pull through 
and to get past. So keep that word on your mind, the fresh grief and trauma, because this is the most difficult time that we have to get through the things that we have to endure. So um, the first thing, step one, is to allow yourself to feel the grief and pain. So let it sink deep in and settle in and acknowledge it's there. You even have to sometimes say it verbally and acknowledge it verbally but you also need to remind yourself that it won't be there, that it won't be this difficult forever, but that you need to feel it right now, and this is what has to happen. Just a brief little story about um, when we lost my grandson, I, I was kind of swearing a lot to God. And, you know, I love Jesus, but I swear sometimes, and I was swearing a lot. <laughs> um, so I was really, you know, feeling that anger, and I, and I knew I had to feel it, and I knew that that had to be there for me. So remember, the first step is to allow yourself to feel the grief and let it be there. Remind yourself it won't be this way forever, but know that it has to be there for that moment. Okay, number two is I love let that. Fog. Well, and, and hold on just a second, Andel. I want to okay. I want to bring up a couple of points here because there were some things that stood out in my mind as you were talking, and I think that for me in order to process or to internalize something, I, I, I kind of need to recap to solidify that, and hopefully it helps uh, you out there listening as well. But some things that stuck out. So first of all, I love the idea of journaling, and that's something that we were discussing this morning that I've noticed as well is if I can't sleep at night, oftentimes it's what I call uh, my time to receive a message from God, and I, I just listen and write down things that I feel like I need to hear or that I need to do or that I feel impressed to write. And I think sometimes that not being able to sleep at, at night maybe is our soul's way of saying, hey, there's some, some message, something you need to learn, something you need to know, something you need to uh, process through in order to receive that, that calm and the, in the, you know, like, kind of like the eye of the storm. So I love how you brought that up. And I wanted to point that out to, to those that are listening. If you're struggling with sleeping, try and take just a moment to journal and write down. Maybe there's some kind of message that God or your soul, the universe is trying to tell you. And just take a moment to internalize that and write that down, just like you did, Annadelle. And then the second thing I wanted to bring up, you talk about allowing yourself to feel something. And I think that's where a lot of people make mistakes. I think we automatically think if it's painful, it's bad. And it's just human nature to avoid trauma, to avoid pain, to avoid things that are bad. But unless we allow ourselves to really process and feel those, we're never going to be able to move on. So I love that first step. I know that's something that I've learned over and over again in my life. So what's, what's step number two? Okay, step number two is to let the fog protect you. So what I mean by this is when you've had trauma, and, and I know this because right now I am at the, at the edge of pulling through that fog and seeing the light. The light is so finally fog, there for like me. F-O-G, like fog, like it gets foggy. F-O-G, fog, okay. yes. And so... So my, my vision of the fog and in your brain, really, when you've had trauma, will become extremely foggy. You won't be able to, to um, think clearly. You won't be able to, to do the things you normally do on a regular basis. You will want to sleep more. Your, your brain just will not function the same way. And so for me, 
I vision this as the fog kind of protecting me from those things that I normally would have to worry about. It's protecting my brain from overload. It's protecting myself from having to deal with a lot of those things that, that I deal with on a normal basis mm-hmm. and not having to worry about it so much. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's right. It's just our body's natural defense, and just as you say that, I'm thinking back to times in my life that were really traumatic, and it's almost like I, I don't remember things as well during that time, and when you said that, it made perfect sense that your body has this protection mechanism where maybe it dulls your, your senses a little bit so that you can be able to handle life and handle that pain, so it definitely right. resonates and rings true to me. And part of that also is, um, and this, this came from my daughter, um, her name is Kelsey, and just my beautiful daughter, um, she said, I don't know anything anymore. And so I started thinking about that, and really, you don't know, you don't know what to do, you don't know anything, you, your life has, the, the life that you saw before you is no longer there. It's completely changed. So as part of that fog, you still you kind of don't know what's going on. And so one thing that kind of a kind of an A under number two is to start scheduling things in your day. And what I mean by scheduling does not mean you're having a full schedule of work. What I mean is you schedule a shower in your day. You schedule brushing your teeth in your day. You schedule watching HGTV for five hours if that's what you want to do. That way, what that does is that starts getting your your mind thinking about a schedule so that you can start to to think along those lines again and getting yourself back and, and basically doing the things that you know how to do because when she said, I don't know anything anymore, well, you do know some stuff. You know, how, you know how to watch TV. You know how to shower, brush your teeth. If you can ground yourself in those things that you know how to do within that fog, it's going to help you be able to get through that and have some sort of stability in your life and have some normalcy. Great. Yes, that definitely makes sense. Okay, we're ready for number three. So number two was let the fog protect I'm, I'm waiting, you, okay? I'm waiting to write it down. I've got like my pen on my paper. <laughs> I think, you know, when I, when I have a phenomenal guest on the show like you, Annadelle, I mean, you should see my notebook full of notes. But it's amazing. It's as much for me as anybody out there listening. I'm like, I want to learn from these, these people. Okay, so number three, I've got my pen ready. So what is it? Number three is let others serve you. So wow. how many times... And that's hard to do. It is hard to do. Um, I had an epiphany. So how many times have we asked why? We asked God why. Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Why, 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 why? As I was going through my process, this very, um, this very sweet um, feeling came across me that said, it's because... Other people need a chance to serve and love. It gives them that opportunity to love you and to serve you. And so I thought about that, and I thought, okay, you know what? This is part of the reason we go through these things. Um, So as I went through this, I, I became very aware of people wanting to help because people don't know what to do. 
And my dear friend, she was, I just want to do something. What can I do? And all I could think of was just just bring me food because everybody can just bring me food. I didn't really feel like I needed food, but I will, I'm telling you, that was a huge blessing as we dealt with this to not have to worry about what I was going to feed my family. And yeah. so I, I wanted to, you know, allow her to serve me once I had that, that premonition that let people serve you. I wanted to make sure that that was available for anybody who wanted to do something for us. Well, that makes sense, you know, uh, and, and so explain that a little bit deeper, though. What did that do to your psychology to have somebody else serving you? Because I think our natural, the natural man in us, our natural instinct when we're in trauma is to shut everybody out, to kind of hide in the shell. But I've seen it happen over and over. The more you tell people, no, 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 I don't need anything, uh, eventually they really do start to believe you. And sometimes it's the people that need things the most that turn those away. So what does that do? Explain just a little bit more what that does to the human psychology when you're accepting service from others, uh, when you're in this traumatic state. Well, first of all, it's not, it's not easy to be able to do. And, and it was a very, very um, conscious thing that I had to do to allow people to come in and serve me, allow people to, to want to, to just be there to comfort me. But as I did that, I, I was consciously thinking about, about that person and about what it, more so what it did for them. What was it doing for them because they wanted to do something? But also, it gave me a peace in my heart, and it made me realize yeah. how many people really do love me and my family. And I think mm-hmm. that is so important when, when you're able to let that love in and feel it. It is so healing for your soul when you're able yeah. to let that come in. And I think that's the biggest thing it did for me. It, it really did. It started to heal my soul, and it started to make me realize, you know, even if it's just people on Facebook, even if it's people that were texting me that didn't normally text me. I knew they loved me, even though I hadn't heard from them for a while or I went to high school with them or whatever. I knew they loved me and I knew they loved my family. Mm -hmm. And that just started to heal my soul. Oh, that's great. So, Annadelle, we need to go to commercial break now. But before we do, I know we're going to hear, hear your next step when we come back. Could you recap the first three steps? just in case somebody out there didn't have a chance to write it down or if they're just joining us, step number one. Okay, step number one is to allow yourself to feel the grief and pain. Okay, so when you're dealing with emotional trauma and grief, number one, allow yourself to feel that pain. Number two. Let the fog protect you. Let the fog protect you. And number three. Let others serve you. Let others serve you. Annadelle Lemon, everybody, she is a woman who has overcome tragedy, who is processing through her emotions, who is sharing her story so that you can learn from her experiences and from her counsel and maybe not have to go through quite so many of those consequences when it comes to emotional trauma and pain. We'll be right back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. 
The Greg Reed Show takes you behind the scenes with some of the most successful entrepreneurs and influencers the world has to offer. Greg S. Reed is known as a master storyteller and a highly sought-after motivational keynote speaker. You'll learn that successes have their downsides and challenges as well. Find out how Greg and his guests have overcome these challenges to become some of the top influencers today. Listen to The Greg Reed Show, Mondays at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Influencers. Have you ever checked out In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt? You don't know what you're missing. Clarissa has a great circle of friends and influencers. How do you live a model life? Find out when Clarissa puts her amazing guests and engaging topics under the spotlight. We'll talk with the masters from art, science, food, health, finance, beauty, and business. You really can't miss a single show. Join us every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. Today we're talking all about emotional trauma and loss. We have some experts on our show today that have been able to overcome some tragedies, some circumstances uh, to really excel and succeed in their life. And I know, Annadelle, you've been talking about the loss of your of your grandson. And uh, before we move on to point number four, uh, I know you also at a very young age tragically lost both your parents as well. So this is something that you've been learning throughout your life. And one thing about Annadelle, and I brought this up a little bit earlier, that really impresses me. And the reason why I wanted to have her on the show was despite these tragic losses that she's been having throughout her life, she keeps bouncing back and she takes the time to say, okay, this tragic thing happened. What can I learn from it? Not only what can I learn, but how can I pass along what I learned? How can I serve others using my experiences? So, Annadelle, thank you so much for blessing us today with uh, these amazing steps so that we can all learn from your experiences and your trials. So we've got the first three steps. What's step number four for overcoming the emotional tragedies in our life? Okay, number four is to find people to serve. Number three is to let people serve you, but number four is to find people to serve. Wow, that, now that's, it, that's really hard when you're in survival mode, when you've had these tragic is. things happen to you. So how, how do you, what um, do you do? How do you do that? You know, and, and you, this will be... You know, this won't be within the first short while, maybe not even the first few weeks or the first few months. But when you find people to serve, even if it's a text message or a call to tell them how amazing they are or to tell them 
you know, something that they've done to bless your life, that helps you to pull out of yourself and it helps you to see that other people are, are suffering as well and other people need your, you to bless them. When we have trauma or, or a loss, what happens is we, our, our world stops, everything stops. But all we're looking at is we're looking at everyone else's life just moving along. We're looking, we're like, why are these people just still going about their day when this horrible thing happened to me? And I, I had that thought in my head. I know my daughter had that thought in her head. It's like the world just moves on. Can't they see that I can't move on right now? So when yeah. you serve other people, when you look for their sorrows, you, you, it helps you to feel like you're not alone. It helps you to understand that there are others who are suffering. There are others who are, who are there with you. It may not be the same trauma, but it is still a suffering for them. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. And I definitely, as you were talking, I'm already thinking about, wow, what are some ways that I can serve today? And um, I made a commitment a couple of weeks ago. I haven't been through any major emotional trauma uh, recently, thank goodness, but um I, I decided I was going to serve every day, and I think it's a it's a great thing to do regardless of whether or w- what our emotional state is, because it really does help you to think outside of yourself. But I can see now how that's especially important when you're dealing with trauma or tragedy. Okay. Annadelle, I would love to hear what is your last message or piece of advice that you want to leave us today, one of the things that I've learned is that when you're around somebody who's been super successful, as you have in overcoming emotional tragedy, I love to to get that final or last takeaway. You've given us four fabulous steps today. What's the final message you want to leave with us? Well, the thing that I like to say is to honor your past. It has made you who you are today. Everything, so what I mean by that is everything you've gone through it's made you the person you are and how you deal with that and how you deal with what happened in your past can either make you successful or it can, it can take you down another road. So if we honor the things that we had in our lives, in our past, we can move forward with a, with a, in a bright, with a bright future, with a good outlook and have those emotions, ride those up emotions like you talked about and be able to deal with the, the lows and and feel the love from everyone around us because it's there. So honor your past. It's made you who you are today. Thank you so much for that. And Annadelle, if there's somebody out there listening, they've gone through some emotional trauma, they want to work with you, how can they get a hold of you? You can email me at Annadelle, which is spelled A-N-N-A-D-E-L, at thefreedomwarrior.com. So, Annadelle Lennon, The Freedom Warrior, make sure if you feel like you need to reach out to her, uh, take her up on that offer. Annadelle at thefreedomwarrior.com. Any final words, Annadelle? Well, I just wanted to say that if you are having struggles getting through stuff, to always reach out to someone, a mentor, a coach, something like that. And I would love to be able to speak to anyone who might need my services, might, might think that if you think that I can be of service to you, I would love to, to help you along your, your journey of um, whether it's big trauma, little trauma, we all have trauma. I would love to be there for you. 
Thank you so much, Anna Dell, and thank you for being on the show with us today. Anna Dell. Thank you, Allison. Our next guest joining us today is Jeff Steinberg. Now, Jeff is affectionately known as the Little Giant. He was born under less than ideal circumstances uh, with what some may call a disability at birth, but he has moved past that to be able to inspire the world. He won the Good Shepherd Award. He's spoken on stages with people like Pat Boone, Mother Teresa. Uh, he has a list of credentials a mile long. Jeff, I, I'm sure it would take up the entire show for her to tell our audience everything you've done, uh, but Jeff, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from Florida today. And, Jeff, yes. I would love for, for you to start by just uh, sharing a little bit about your story uh, with people um, and how you were born, your disability, and your, your childhood, just to kind of set the scene for what you've been through. Well, thank you for having me, Allison. And, uh, oh, by the way, it's not Little Giant, it's Tiny Giant. Little Giant tiny is a ladder giant. company. So you're affectionately known as the Tiny Giant. Yes, that's right. The and tiny I, I, giant, by the yeah. way, everybody, I've had the pleasure of having Jeff, uh, hearing him speak, uh, had him out to a conference that I was doing out in Tampa. I uh, won teen entrepreneurship camp and then a conference, and he is a phenomenal speaker. So you definitely want to look him up if you have any events or are in need of any inspirational speakers. But uh, Jeff, tell us a little bit about your background and your story. I was born in August of 1951, and I was born with what most folks would call handicaps. I uh, was born with what the doctors refer to as phocomycelia, uh, congenital birth defects. And I know the word defect is an ugly word, and it suggests something that is defective and should be thrown away. I was born with no arms and malformed legs. And I was not expected to survive. And my mother was not told immediately about my disability. She did not see me for the first time until I was almost 17 months old. And she didn't, uh, I mean, she didn't, she didn't know about my disability until I was almost 17 months old. And she didn't see me for the first time until I was nearly two years old in a welfare shelter in Philadelphia. I, uh, the doctors didn't tell my mother because my father insisted on it because he thought he was protecting her. Um, also because the doctors didn't expect that I was going to survive and my father felt like, well, if he's not going to live, uh, why build her hopes up for something that may or may not happen? And at that point, after a while, my mom started to feel like, well, out of sight, out of mind. Whatever it is they're telling, they're not telling me must be so terrible that it might be better off if it just went away. And uh, I, uh, I lived in welfare shelters and hospitals until um, just after my mom saw me for the first time. And then I was placed in a foster home for about six to eight weeks. And, uh, well, I, I first went to uh, Shriners Hospital in Philadelphia. And so there they what? operated on my legs to straighten them, and yeah. they fitted me for my first artificial arm, limbs, and uh, an arm, and braces, and uh, I, I was in and out of Shriners for about five years, and had some 25 to 35 plus operations. Um, I can't so say that, enough were good those things some about of your first, Were those some of your first memories, though? I mean, I, I just trying to picture, you know, the 
so foreign to me. What were, what were, I, I mean, are those your first memories, your first experiences were surgeries, yes. foster homes? Okay. Yes, I was in, uh, well, I was, Shriners was actually more like home to me than home because I was really never, I never really lived at home for a long period of time. The longest I ever lived at home was when I was eight years old and I only lived there for about nine months. And then I went from there to the foster home. And then from there, I was feeling like there was something. Oh, sorry about that. Did you grow up feeling like you were disabled or there was something wrong with you? I mean, what was your what was your sense of self as a young child? Well, I was uh, at Shriners. I was with other children that had disabilities, and mm-hmm. I just happened to be one of the lucky ones because I could get around. I could get out of bed. I could walk. I could you know I could uh, you know move around. Uh, and do things where some of the kids were bedridden and in casts and and uh, their their movements were very limited. So uh, my sense was that, and, and whether my father ever believed it or not, he always used to tell me, Jeffrey, never say I can't until you try. Because you never know what you can do until you try. And then he'd look at me and he'd say, the difficult we do right away. The impossible takes a little longer. Hmm. And so I was never allowed to look at my life and say, woe is me. I don't have any arms. You should feel sorry for me. Because because my parents insisted that it was all about me being as normal as possible. And I have a new definition for normal based on what everybody sees normal as today. But back then, I saw normal as being like other people who have two arms and, you know, two straight legs and uh, that I could do as much as they could do. Mm. Great. Well, what a valuable lesson to teach as a young child. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying that's a valuable lesson to learn as a young child, and I think your story is incredible because you were able to really become who you are today uh, because you were you were guided, you were encouraged as a young child. And I think of all the children out there that are I'm doing air quotes right now, normal, but that have a, such a horrible sense of self because no one's telling them what they're capable of. No one's telling them exactly. that they can accomplish those impossible things. And that's one thing when I heard you speak to the youth at the GKIC teen uh, camp that they had, the Young Entrepreneurship Camp, that's something that really struck me about you and your message and your experience that you're sharing is even though those kids there and, and a lot of us in our life may look like we're, air quotes again, normal. We don't have a disability. It's really what's on the inside. What are we being taught and what are we encouraging or teaching our young children? Are we, are we pointing out the things that are wrong with them? Or are we pointing out the things that are possible for them? So I, I love that you share that story that you or were are, encouraged from a young child. Or are, we, or are we encouraging them to accept as... Uh, as acceptable, less than our very best. Because today, mm-hmm. in our society, it seems like normal is a euphemism for ordinary. Oh, yeah, I want to be like everybody else. You know, well, for a guy with no arms, being like people who have arms and being able to do those things, 
that's beyond ordinary. That's extraordinary. But for kids today that are in school that are saying, you're entitled to have, but you don't have to put out. And you want to be like everybody else. And, uh, you know, we've got the television ads that say you can have a second car and you can have a, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a house, you know, in the country for vacations and like that. But you don't have to put out for it. And you don't have to, you know, there's a certain point in our lives when we handicap ourselves. Hmm. I, I was born with no arms, Allison. I know that. But that's not what makes me handicapped. And the problem is that there are people who are normal, whatever that is. I mean, they, they look like you. They look like me. And by the way, you're gorgeous. So, I, oh, I, you know. Thank you. <laughs> but, but the point is they, they handicap themselves. I was listening to uh, your previous guest and, and I was thinking to myself, that uh, part of who we are is in recognizing our circumstance. And in my case, I can do one of two things with my circumstance. I can make the best of it and rise above my circumstance, or I can use my circumstance as as an excuse, and I can blame my circumstance. Well, you don't know what I have to... And circumstance can handicap us. Um, yeah. My mom and dad, for whatever reasons they had, and my father died four days before my 30th birthday and never got to really explain some of the things he told me he wanted to explain about decisions that he made and that sort of thing. But my mom and dad insisted that I do the things that my sisters were able to do, that I do all of those things until, of course, it came to driving a car and stuff like that, because then they were certain that, you know, well, you don't have any arms, you can't drive a car. By the way, Jeff, I do need to mention that you are an Uber driver now. (laughs) You you do drive. I drive for Uber and for fun. You drive Uber, right? I I can imagine. I've I've driven in the car with you. Very nice car. And and so you've definitely uh, overcome that one. And hey, I'm going to have to interrupt you here because we do need to go to commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to hear more from Jeff Steinberg. And Jeff, we want to hear from you. How did you go from, you know, uh, being, you know, having these disabilities, being in foster homes, you know, you've talked about how encouraged you were, but how did you go from that point in your life to speaking on stage with people like Mother Teresa, uh, singing with people like Pat Boone? Uh, So we want to hear all about that how you were able to reach that point in your life and how we can overcome some of our challenges and obstacles to really uh, achieve our, our, our potential and, and find success in our life. So more with Jeff Steinberg okay. right after this. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. What is the real social impact that those in the entertainment industry are making? Indie Vision Radio with host Scott C. Brown, the founder of the Indie Vision Project and Maxit Magazine, is a personal conversation about their work in the industry and the impact they're having on humanity. 
From world health to world peace, you're given a true behind-the-scenes look at what those working in the indie realm are doing to make a positive influence on the world. On the Influencers Channel, tune in to Indie Vision Radio, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America. It's time to elevate yourself and your business to the next level. What are the secrets of business success? Discover them on Key Entrepreneurs of Influence with your host, Kieran Sweeney. Find out who the business owners are that stand out in their respective industries and what they can teach you. The program contains valuable advice that can cost thousands through a professional consultant. Key Entrepreneurs of Influence can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. If you want to transform your mindset to get more from life and enjoy more success, then don't just get motivated, be inspired. Listen as hosts James Dentley and Stephen Pierce take you on a fun, bold, and exciting adventure that will inspire you with ideas, stories, and success strategies to help you find your passion, live your dreams, and experience more happiness and success. Tune in to Be Inspired every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Your future depends on it. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Hi, welcome back to Spotlight. We're almost Jeff Steinberg, affectionately known as the Tiny Giant, not the Little Giant, as I had misspoke before, but the <laughs> Tiny Giant. Jeff has overcome uh, handicaps to to really live to his full potential, and you're sharing with us today, Jeff, three ways that we can overcome uh, handicaps in our lives. Those are emotional handicaps, physical handicaps, whatever those are. And number one that you shared with us was circumstances and really not allowing your circumstances to define who you are or what you do, um, but really deciding who you want to become. And I love how you shared that. I, I want to hear the next two, but first of all, during commercial break, you and I were talking and you and Annadelle actually have something in common. Um, and I'd love for you to share that with our listeners. Yes. In, in March of 2000, our first grandchild at 14 months was killed by a drinking driver in Memphis, Tennessee. And, uh, um, we, we were all just devastated. Our daughter was in the hospital in the trauma care and, uh, um, our, our grandson died about 12, 14 hours later in the, uh, children's hospital in, in Memphis. Um, and so I can relate to what she's talking about. And, uh, one of the things that she said that I had heard from some people who became kind of spiritual parents to me years later, when I first started singing in churches and whatever, and somebody would come and give me a dollar or, or hug me or whatever. And Annadelle said about allowing people to bless you and, uh, and, and serve you. And one of the things that I was taught in those early years after I had gotten out of high school and I was going to be a famous singer and, you know, you know how 
how young college kids are, you know, you think you've got it together. And, um, and one of the things that, she, that my adopted mom told me was, if you refuse when somebody offers to do something like that for you or give you a dollar or whatever, you're stealing a blessing from them. You're stealing from them the opportunity to bless your life and thereby receive a blessing for themselves. And oh, I so love I love I, how you stated that. I learned how That's to a great say, way to look at it. Yeah, I learned how to say thank you rather than and 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 accept the hugs. And when our grandson was killed, um, one of the things people kept coming by and they'd say, "Well, what can you do? What can we do?" And I was very quick to say, "We need somebody to take charge of making sure that there is food in the house because our daughter can't." And because my wife is not in a position to deal with it right now. And yeah. they all kind of looked at me funny, but that's what I knew needed to be done. They, I need, need, and I needed people who could pick up, you know, guests from out of town that were coming in for the funeral, you know. And so I allowed somebody else to take charge. And then I also made sure that somebody was with my daughter during the time of the funeral so that so that uh, she was protected and if she needed anything, you know, that she had a host and somebody who could look after her and make sure that she wasn't overcome with people. You know, yeah, you know what, ama- what amazes me about that, um, you know, and you sharing that experience in Annadelle as well, is that when we have these traumas in our life, for those familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it talks about how one of the most basic things that, that needs to happen in order for us to move on and to grow and to develop and to learn is that we have to have our physical needs met. And it's simply food, shelter, water. And when we have those setbacks in our life, sometimes, you know, in order to build and to move on, that's the most important step. And that was my aha, as you were just talking, Jeff, thinking, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. we want to swoop in and we want to offer advice or we want to, you know, just tell somebody how much we love and appreciate them. But somebody who's been dealing with a major emotional trauma might not be able to receive that yet because they're they're just on that no. level of they just need their basic needs met. So, I the way you stated that, that right totally now. taught me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and one of the things and one of the things that Annadelle said that I thought was really really powerful was also about being able to serve. And when our daughter was hurting so bad that she couldn't get out of the house, her hairdresser approached her and said, "If you will go to school." And get learn how to do nails. I'll provide you with a uh, a spot in my salon. And wow. he did it, knowing that it would give her a chance to get out of the house and do something for others and take her mind off of the tragedy that had happened to her. Now she did go to school and she learned to do nails, and she didn't, and she wasn't very good at it, but she had clients. And after a while. She went on to do other things, but it was the stepping stone that allowed her to go out and serve others. And so I loved what Annadelle said about that because it, it's true. You, you, you know, it's okay to grieve, but don't stay there. Don't stay in the valley. Keep moving forward. Take the time. Yeah. Deal with your emotions, but then keep moving forward. And part of moving forward is allowing people to serve you and allowing yourself to serve others. Um, I but, love that. But in well, my it, case, 
in mm-hmm. in my case, people look at me and they can see what handicaps me. You know, I don't have any arms, and I've got legs that don't straighten, and one leg that's shorter than the other, and I walk funny, and you know, they can see what they think handicaps me, but they don't understand. I'm married. I have four children. I have eight grandchildren and one on the way. Um, I'm a singer. I'm a producer. I'm a graphics designer. I even do some video editing. Um, I'm a keynote speaker, comedian. I'm incredibly talented, very, very cute, and mostly humble. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. So what I want to know, and I'm sure everybody listening wants to know, First of all, we want to hear those other two steps to not handicapping yourself. But how, how Jeff, did you go from where you were to where you are today? What, what were those components that helped you bridge that gap? And maybe those are the steps that you're going to share with us. But how did you go from well, being in foster I... care, Shriners Hospital, not seeing your mother till you were two years old, being considered handicapped and broken to now inspiring millions of people? When I was at... Uh... When I was in the foster home, and my my uh, and by the way, this is in my book Masterpiece in Progress. Um, I uh, my I got the foster parent came to me and she said, uh, "Your father and mother are coming to pick you up." And immediately, my first thought was, "I'm getting going to get to go home, and I'm going to yeah. be a brother to my three sisters, and I'm going to be, you know, a son and a grandson, and I'm going to finally have a normal life." except that that wasn't what was happening. They picked me up, they packed my clothes, and they drove me 63 miles away to the Good Shepherd Home for Kids with Disabilities and Old People and in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, and they told me, this is where you're going to live because there are other kids like you who have disabilities and you can function and thrive and grow there, and I really didn't want to be there. But while I was there, you know, I I, I remember watching as my father and mother drove away. And I remember looking out the window saying, I'll be good. I promise. Don't leave me here. As I watched the car drive down the street. And uh, there were people at Good Shepherd who hugged me, who loved me. And one night I met a couple that came to visit. And they were people of faith very, very strong faith. And at the time I was very much into ventriloquism and I had a a dummy of sorts and they invited me to perform at their daughter's graduation party from high school in about, about 30 miles North of Allentown in a little town called Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. It rained that night. So I stayed over with them and I went to church with them and I began to understand a sense that, uh, Faith plays a really, really big part. And I began to understand from them that this situation in my life was not what God did to me, but the gift God gave to me and what he did for me. By giving me this unique platform, I can showcase how good he really is and what he can do that I can't do for myself. I said, circumstance can handicap you. Relationships can also handicap you. Um, The relationships we keep that we should have gotten rid of. How many in the audience have listened and believed when people have told them 
well, you're such a loser, and you'll never get it right, and, and you're never going to amount to much of anything, and they believe it. These are people that we've kept hanging around our necks that we should have allowed to walk away or that we should have let go of. Um, then there's the relationships that we let get away that we should have hung on to. Um, you know, there are three types of friendships. There are friends for a reason. They come, they do something in your life, and then it's okay for them to leave. Friends for a season. They come and they stay at during those times when we need them, and then they move on. And then there's friends for a lifetime. Um, and the fact is that I have a few of those. And if you have a few friends that you can call lifetime friends who know you, who understand you, who love you, regardless of your quirks and your, and your limitations and your frustrations, those are real friends. The rest of them, it's all talk. So relationships can handicap us. You know, we can blame those around us or we can allow the relationships to build us. I have a wife who encourages me and sometimes she has to push me, you know, and uh, that's, you know, I never even thought that anybody would want to be married to somebody like me. And yet we've been married now for 24 years. And, uh, and, and, you know, the stories are, are incredible. I mean, so you've got circumstance, you've got relationships, and then the third, even more basic, and that's attitude. Zig Ziglar once said that attitude determines altitude. How high you fly is in direct proportion to where your range of vision is. If your range of vision isn't very high, you're never going to get it off the ground. If you keep coming up and saying, I can't, you'll convince yourself and you won't. Um, I, I tell people all the time, the first thing you sell is yourself before you can sell a product. And if you can look in the mirror and say, I don't like who I am, it shows. And the people you're trying to sell, whatever your product or service or whatever, they're not going to want what you have to offer because they don't believe you because you don't believe you. And yeah. so, you know, circumstance, relationships, and attitudes, they're the building blocks that, that help to define the person that we can become. Um, well, thank you. Hopefully our audience wrote all of those down. Jeff, we're running out of time. I, I mean, I could sit and listen all day. You have some incredible stories and you have a talent, a way of teaching through your stories, uh, which is really the telltale sign of a good speaker. I know you're doing keynote speaking. Uh, you've got a book out. If there is somebody listening right now, they feel impressed to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Visit Jeff Steinberg, J-E-F-F. S-T-E-I-N-B-E-R-G dot net. So jeffsteinberg.net. Uh, Jeff Steinberg, ladies and gentlemen, a truly a tiny giant uh, in character and in spirit. Thank you so much for joining us, Jeff. And I just want to mention, too, both Anna Del Lemon and Jeff Steinberg. You can find out more about them and their bios uh, on the Speakers Coalition website. That's speakerscoalition.com and you can contact me through that website if you are interested in having either of them come and speak at your event. So this has been Spotlight. I'm Allison H. Larson. Thank you so much for joining us today and make sure that you implement at least one of those tips that you learned today in overcoming emotional trauma in your life so that you can raise your frequency one foot at a time. Thank you for joining us. 
Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.